0: Look, all I want to do is make the city project, wishing all the OGs could see me, nah, nah yeah. And when you feel something you can't see, but you know it's meant to be, you're going to realize that this is bigger than me,
1: yeah. Hey everyone, Dave and Jeff, another podcast. Look at that, I'm giving the audience what they wanted. Little Big Sean.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> Coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> On
1: a, shit, what is it, Monday? Monday night, look at God that. God dang what was, a day. What a day. Was it was Monday tough for you today?
2: No, you know what? Um, last night's show was tough. Yeah. Last night's show was tough. Did, I,
1: it, did it, Be honest with me. Did it feel like almost a weight was taken off or just a tough show?
2: I, I wasn't planning on talking yeah. about it. You kind of did what I did when I talked about yeah. my dad. It just
1: came out all of a sudden.
2: wasn't planning on talking about it. But the thing is, um, so many people were so nice and reached out yeah. to me today both publicly on Twitter and privately, uh, it just meant the world to me. It's the thing that I think that a lot of us probably deal with is that you feel like you're alone in your battle. Yeah. And and that's a terrible feeling to have. And when you hear um, from obvious guys like Stevie Woods uh, and Ryan Barkley was great, and then people that that I know through social media that I've never met that reached out and said, Hey, man, you know, I went through it. And and others wrote and said, When I was going through it, you and Dave got me through it, and we're in your corner. We got you. I, it was just, it was really nice. And for as much as we joke around, uh, those are the kind of things where you go, Fuck, I, I'm a pretty lucky guy. Yeah, I'm a pretty, pretty lucky guy. Um, uh, I think it's incredibly humbling for when people say that this show, whether it was the podcast or the terrestrial version, touched you in a way, or you feel like you have a connection with us, and Dave and I have always been, always been, friends of mine have laughed forever, that if somebody has ever stopped you or me, and said, I listen to the show, we, I, I laugh every time, yeah. I'm like, why, what do, you, what do you find out of that, and, uh, but I, I couldn't be, I, I just think it's such a incredibly nice thing for you guys to do, and to say it, and I'm glad that we make you laugh, and I'm glad that, yeah. Guys get frustrated, like our friend Dallas got frustrated, and it's great. I I don't, I don't, I love it. I'm like, fuck it. We, we kill each other every day. If you can't handle it, get out of the dojo. I still, (laughs) I still think you're great. Um, but on the days when Dave needed it, Dave, I know people reached out to you. Extremely nice. And, uh, and, and the one thing that people said and talked about was, man, that show is so raw emotion. You can't hide it. Dave's going through what he's going through. I'm going through what I'm going through. But I find, um, as a, as I told Stevie Woods tonight, I said uh, I, I kind of found it therapeutic. You kind of feel like to steal a phrase from Stern. Yeah. You you got a little bit of the poison out. You don't you don't retain it. Uh, Dave, I'm so mentally and physically tired, but I don't sleep. I have not yeah. slept since the first. I went to a therapist tonight. Yeah, and I thought she was great. I thought she was great because the one thing that she said to me over and over, not over and over, but but they asked, you know, are you okay? And here was the crazy thing. Um, kind of a funny choice of words. Sorry, not no fu- it, it is funny. I, I
1: had this question asked to me last week, I think I told you.
2: Yeah, but this was what was, um, I really hadn't thought about the timeline of people dying, yeah. jobs going away. Uh, different things at home that had happened and when you start laying it out you're like Jesus and she's yeah. like, wow, it's a lot to it's a yeah. lot to to try to deal with. but as I go out and I'm making a thing for the <laughs> the next appointment, the lady who checked me in there's like three windows yeah she was in the middle window I checked in I'm at the window to her right. And she stops what she's doing, she looks at me, she goes, Hey Jeff, by my name, did you have a good visit? And I go, You know what? It was it was yeah. it was good. And she's like, Good. We're glad you're here. Yeah. We'll see you in a couple weeks. We're we're yeah. here for you. That's and I good. was just like, Fuck that yeah. pe- I don't think she knows, Dave. I hope she knows. That little things like that yeah. of people just saying, Hey, you okay? Eye contact, looking at you. That's what we always say. Check in with your friends and family, the ones you love, um, because just that little shit. And how much I fucking laughed today on Twitter was great. So uh, it's a very long-winded answer. Mentally and physically, I'm exhausted. But I I couldn't be more thankful to the people that have uh, shown support. It does. It genuinely means the world
1: to me. Yeah, everyone knows you're probably going through, at this point in your life, one of the lowest, if not the lowest part of your life, and it's january 1st is when you told me. Well, I yeah. haven't told anyone. This is between, you know, you and me and 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 basically my my wife knew what was what? going on. That was about it. You
2: fucking so, gossiper.
1: <laughs> so when you when you said it, yeah, all of a sudden things just lit up like crazy. And I knew that would happen. And I'll be yeah. honest with you, just like as dumb as it sounds when my dad passed, and you brought up the story about the slow clap and all yeah. the people that did the slow clap. It yeah, meant a lot I thought to that me. was great. It yeah. did. It meant a lot to me. Something as dumb as that meant a lot to me. I told the story to my mom. meant a lot to her. But as soon as he did it, I was like, man, this is as real as you're ever going to hear. Yeah, ever. For sure. I don't care. You and I are big Stern fans. He doesn't let you no. inside like what just happened yesterday, and it was – it, it, very therapeutic. When no you,
2: chance I could do that on 1360. That's what I said to the you, lady you I met you know with what?
1: tonight. You wouldn't have felt safe doing it. No. Either you're afraid that you think, what's my boss going to think of what I just said? Yeah. Or you thinking, the listeners, this is a chance for them to take a shot at me. You know, they don't understand. Yeah. Here's, here's what I, I thought was really interesting. The things we've done since we've done this podcast for almost a year now is the one when you brought up the depression deal. hmm And you said, hey, you aren't the only one going through it. If you're one of those guys, you need to reach out. The people that reached out to us—not everybody, but a good portion of them—what you would consider the trolls, the guys that yeah. were the bravest guys going on Twitter, the guys that tried to bully you through everything you said and weren't nice—they were—they were just frustrated through the life, so they were kind of almost acting out. Yeah. And I was, I'll be honest with you, I was glad to see that they are, those people aren't crazy and no. they aren't assholes; they're just going through a tough time and they're kind of acting out. But. The response we got off of that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then of, of course of of what's happened with with my father passing away mm-hmm. with the stories that you've told with all the friends that you had passed away and then of course with the divorce. I thought it was as real as anything we've ever done in 20 years. You
2: know what and and there's a couple of guys and I'll leave their I'll leave their name out of it. But it's funny because we are we're padre guys and we have, sometimes we have different perspectives and they probably want to yeah. whack a mole me and I want to <laughs> whack a mole them but i heard from like two or three of those dudes today we and it was just it was so great yeah it, it was so just genuine and nice and i was like fuck man fuck i yeah. i just thanks because it is has been a feeling of alone because like here here's the other problem that I, that i've been dealing with and the guys will relate to this and the women that listen you know how much i respect you and dave respects you But I've heard too much from women, well, you're always their dad. And what I have said to them over and over is, for the first 10 years of their life, there has been one circle, and that circle has been four people. And now it's about to be two circles. There's going to be three, and there's going to be one. And it's the magician's trick of when they try to interlock the rings and the rings don't interlock. When you are not there every day, for homework, or for dinner, or for movies, or for arguments, or laundry, or anything else, then you can't you can't just buffer over that by saying, "Well, you're always their dad," because you're not. In my opinion, I don't know what that is going to be, and that to me is what scares me the most. Yeah. In this, um, I talked to a friend of mine tonight who went through it. When he went through it, his kids were 16 and, and 18. My kids are 10. They are 10. For the first five years of their school, kindergarten, first, second, third, and fourth, I picked them up every day. On average, we would spend, God, summer break, I'd be home from at 11. Yeah. So we would spend that time together. And then during school, I'd pick them up at 3, and we were together every day. And then on Tuesdays, they're done at 1.30. A year ago, Wednesday, is the day I got my job in North County. That's when everything changed. Uh, because I leave. Uh, I'll give you today. I left at six 15 this morning. Yeah. Um, I wrapped up there at five. I went to that therapy appointment tonight. I got out of there. I drove home. I was home for 10 minutes. Um, and then got in the car and drove to Eastlake to do this Yeah, because this is a job too. I have a responsibility to you, to Ryan, to Brian Curry, to, to Blake. Yeah. Um, And I like it, but I will be here until whatever time. And then we'll turn around, drive back to La Mesa and the alarm goes off and you do it again. And as you're trying to sort things out, what always got me through that day was the time with my sons. I didn't care if they were seven, eight, nine or currently 10. Yeah, that was it. And so you can't I said to this lady tonight, I go, I'm not I'm not letting you say that to me. You can't get off the hook by saying you're always their dad. I understand that, but I've had a much different circumstance than most fathers for the last 10 years. Yeah. And I knew it every day. And I said, that is going to change. And I, f- I'm afraid it's going to change dramatically. Whether or not it does, we'll find out, but I, I can't just, um, live with the fact, Hey, you're their dad yeah. because, because that's not how it's been. So, uh, a week from today will be the first day that I'm in a different place, and we'll just we'll just work to get through it. I, I've said to friends it's not going to be a pity party. I'm not going to turn yeah. this podcast into it, but I do appreciate the ability to to have the chance to be honest about it, and it, it is what I'm dealing with.
1: It's uh, it, again, there are a lot of people who have gone through it and don't. Yeah. Who, if you haven't gone through it, you don't understand exactly how it works. We all know what divorce means. But as you said, when their kids involved, when their twins involved, as you said, your circumstances have been so different than most dads that you've been home at eleven o'clock in the yeah. morning for the most part, and then you're there. I know what you're doing. You're at you're at the park. You're throwing the football around. You're finding a basketball court. Going you're to L A. Yeah, you're going L A. Going everywhere. everywhere. Barnes and Noble. All over San Diego. I mean, those yeah. kids are Coronado. probably a walking Thomas guy. They've been all they, over San yeah. Diego County. Yeah, you know, and so it. And it, is
2: that going to happen for
1: yeah. them anymore?
2: And that's the other fear for me. Is what happens now as far as those days when I'm not there yeah. on a on a random Wednesday night at six thirty, where we were just bored and yeah. we'd be like, "Well, let's go to Barnes and Noble." Well, now I'm not there, so do they find it in a PS4? You know, yeah. No. I hope not, but I don't know.
1: It will be uh, it will be different. It will be different, but I'm sure you'll make it work for the fact that kind of dad you are. You neither one of us are like the dads we had, and Correct. that's not. It's not. I shot at your dad or my dad, Correct. but we didn't, have hands, on, we didn't have hands on we didn't have hands on dads. We are. It's funny you, you said it just I, like that. I own that. Yeah. I
2: fucking earned that yeah. and I am wearing that. If my, if, if sorry Dave, but yeah. if if Jerry Rice yeah. has a Hall of Fame ring and yeah. John Jefferson doesn't, and yep. I'm just throwing out two names. Yep. John Jefferson was great, but Jerry Rice did it at a different level. You yes. and I have done it at a different level. Yes. Steve Mike Costa. Has done it at a different level. I, I've been very fortunate. Stevie Woods, I have no doubt in my mind, will do it at a different level. Yeah. Um, and and other guys that, that I've met and talked to. But, yeah, I, I will not play that game. You talked about it with your dad when your dad said to you, hey, you're a better dad than I was. And you told him, I am.
1: Yeah, I didn't let him off the hook till no. the day he died. No. I, 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 and, and people said to me, you're going to regret not letting him off the hook. No. And I, I don't.
2: No. I, I earned that. Yeah. I earned it. I put the time. I loved it. It was a labor of love. But if you are a dad that is committed to your kids and and you feel like you're yep. a better dad, um, and I'm not saying that you, uh, w- with material items, just the time the and time. talking to them and being a part of their life and letting them know that they're loved and that they're, the difference, yep. the, the one thing that I have done for my kids, which is I have told them repeatedly the difference that they made in my life. Uh, more up until uh, two weeks ago, yeah, we had a long conversation about the difference that they made in my life for the positive. And I remind them all yeah. the time what a pain in the ass they were when they were born. They love it. but um, but, but that's it. They've been told they were loved um and and they know that and i I take a great deal of pride in that and if if your dad didn't tell you that then that makes you a better dad
1: and that that's the thing that's why i know it's going to work for it might it will be different but it will be still be great you're going to make it great you aren't the kind of person not to make it great yeah i mean we're not taking them
2: at 16 to the avn awards that's a life experience
1: (laughs) it's gonna be great you know you said something interesting it's right now it's uh, it's 7:58 at night as we're as we're taping this and so before you came in, I had dinner with my wife and and we were just talking about the day and different things that happened and you said the lady asked you today, "Jeff, how are you doing?" Just that yeah. that simple thing, "How are you doing?" There's a kid that that I, I coach, I found out today, didn't realize it, but he's not eating. And the reason he's not eating is the family's having financial problems and when the school wants to give them a free lunch he has to stand in a separate line well, It's he's unbelievable too, he's too embarrassed to stand in the yep. free lunch line so he's not eating and so I was very disappointed so I was asking my wife who's in education I said what what can you do and she couldn't believe number one the way the school district mm-hmm. there was she goes there's a way to do it where nobody would know the kid has a card and then it just slides in no one knows yeah. the difference but the kid doesn't want to go through the embarrassment where well, you have a kid that's an athlete that he's burning off calories like mm-hmm. crazy he's not eating all day long and you worry and so I, my wife says, well, can you sit down and talk to him and ask me how you doing? I go, I go through all these coaching classes just to coach in the Grossmont School District that it basically keeps you from asking a kid anything except the sport that you're teaching. Like, you can't ask a kid, how you doing or is there anything that you need? Or, it's, it's almost like you know that, that yeah. two-person. We're in a weird, weird time right now yeah. as far as what's crossing the line and what's offensive and everything else. But the part of saying, and even how you're doing, it goes such a long way if you're shopping at Target, if there's a family member, if it's a friend, mm-hmm. just by saying how you're doing, but to say you can't talk to kids and say, how are you doing? Is there anything I can do to help you? It, it could come off the wrong way, and you feel, you feel terrible.
2: That to me, Dave, is, like, I hear stories like that, and that's where you go, fuck, man, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Because I, I think about that kid, I think about it as a parent. Yeah. I think about how incredibly stressful that has to be as his mother or father, assuming they're both involved. One of them is, at least I would believe. I think about it as a young kid going through that. Yeah. And I just, man, my heart absolutely breaks for him. I, I You've heard stories of that. You've heard stories about kids that they're, Meal voucher didn't come in and they're denied a lunch. That kind of shit makes me want to be honestly like she asked me tonight. Do you have any thoughts of violence or I said no. But when you hear things like that, that's where you're like somebody needs to get picked up by the neck and stuck upside down in a trash can because you just know that's wrong. We can find the money to pay for that kid to eat. We have it. We and he doesn't need to be shamed. Just let him eat and let's take care of it because, Dave, the sad thing is, and you know it, that memory is going to linger with him throughout his life. Oh, yeah. That is going to have a lasting impact on him, and I, I think it's terrible. And just like I said, just today, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not thinking about hurting myself or anybody yep. else. I've said that plenty of times. Um, but just today where that lady just stops what she's doing, looks you in the eye and goes, hey, you all right? Yeah. How was your visit, Jeff? By yeah. your name? Yep. And saying, uh, "Hey, we're glad you're here," because I'll tell you, all of a sudden I'm there, and I, I've never done anything like this. And you're just kind of checking in. in then, and I'm I'm not laughing. Yeah. I'm, uh, but all of a sudden in the back, you you hear fucking people screaming, and I go, "Shit, man, it's is this? Do you want to watch the World Series?" <laughs> Jeff, get your arm up. I'm like, "Shit." Am I going in to get a goddamn piece of Juicy Fruit? (laughs) Jeff, get your arm up, Martini. I'm like, fuck me. I'm called Plum Loco. I didn't make it to the Christmas party. I'm fucking done. I'll tell you this. When I worked in Encinitas, (laughs) Jeff, you want to watch the World Series?
1: huh? Oh um, shit, that's funny. <laughs> it's not though, Dave. It's I not I like but, but I'm yeah. just saying, I'm standing there just I haven't thinking heard hey, that reference in forever. Well,
2: that's where I thought I oh was. Oh my gosh. I go, shit. And then my and then I felt like I felt really bad. I go, again, I'm like, fuck man, there are people really struggling, and, and kudos to the people tonight that are helping those yeah. guys. That uh, there's no way I could handle that. When I was man. in high school, I worked at a, a sporting goods store in right in Encinitas. And we were directly across from Scripps, and at Scripps they had a mental health facility, which I didn't know. Now we sold at the sporting goods store the old school Everlast heavy bags. Okay, remember those? Yeah, of old course. school. Like I, I don't even—you yeah. probably get them now at uh, at at Dick's, but the big white yeah. canvas old time
1: Danny Little Red Lopez stuff. And you walk up to it and if you've never punched one, you either immediately think I either it's broke great. my wrist or broke my thumb. Yeah, you're just gonna <laughs> cry. So uh
2: so we we sell like we sell like one every three years. Yeah. And we're just shocked. It's like the car guy who sells the lime green car. You're like, fuck. <laughs> how'd that happen? And all of a sudden, I'm working one day. Yeah. And this kid comes in and, shit, I'm 17. He's got to be 19. He's just got that faraway look in his eye, right? And he goes, do you sell heavy bags here? And I'm like, yeah. We just sold one like two weeks ago. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. What the hell's with the run? And he goes, is there a warranty on those? And I go, well, I don't know. warranty? What do you need a warranty for? It. And he starts laughing this this laugh. I bit the zipper off the last one. And I go, What? He goes, Yeah, I live across the street. And we bought one two weeks ago. And I got frustrated and I bit the zipper <laughs> off. And I just go, Fuck me. I go, Did you break a tooth? No. I go,
1: No, there's no fucking warranty. Yeah. You George the animal steal? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Suck on green now now or later? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Go on and bite the curb, you fucking loon. I was just like, (laughs) Jesus Christ. And he just fucking took his sock puppet and walked out. I was like, lock the fucking door. Lock the door. (laughs) You
1: goofy motherfucker. I was like, what? I go,
2: I. he was just laughing. He thought it was great. Well, I was having a bad day. I go, Shit! That's a hardcore. That's like telling me, is there a warranty on this Master Lock? Because I bit it in half. I'm like, God damn! Put you on YouTube. He just walked out. Who knows where he is now? Oh my gosh! That turned out to be a young John Wayne Gacy. (laughs) Grew up to be John Wayne Gacy. Thanks. Kidding, I hope. Hey, my life was in jeopardy, okay? All you assholes judging me, I'm dealing with a guy who just bit off a zipper, (laughs) right, that would close your fucking Pontiac. No kidding. Yeah, okay? Sorry that I didn't walk him by the hand around Lake Murray. I was like, get the fuck out of here, you fucking nut job.
1: I talked to somebody today, switching subjects real quick. I talked to someone today about... Radio stations and the Padres, okay? Yeah. And this, this person is so called connected with Padres and what station they might be on, okay? Okay. They have no idea what station they're going to be on as I can't of right now. Let me tell you, as of right now, and this is a person that's like in the know, needs to know. Yeah. He doesn't know. <laughs> doesn't know this, if they're on 94.9 or ninety seven three. This is a huge mistake. Yeah.
2: It was a huge mistake. I don't. know. I think it was a Mike D thing. Huge mistake. They should have stayed on 1090. And and I look at the impact that it's had on 1090 since they left. Yeah. You knew where every game was. I got to think for Scott and Billy Ray when Scott and Billy Ray were like, well, let them go. And then all of a sudden those East Coast road trips stopped showing up where your workday was over at 3 o'clock. No kidding. And for Darren, right, I mean, 12 o'clock games, you just get a break, man. When you work on the baseball flagship, except you and me, because we're on the on the morning shift, but it it just was a, it was a nice partnership. That's why we talked about, I was, I was saying John Conniffit, Matt Fryer said, why don't you reach out? Or uh, why doesn't a a team uh, buy a radio station? Well, KNBR is Giants and Warriors. And they, they probably carry an NFL team, but they're, they're Giants and Warriors. Shit. When we were at 13, 16, you were the Chargers. You knew you were getting Charger talk every day. Yep. But, I don't know how, if I'm the Padres, and I, I don't know if it's Wayne Partello, I don't know if it's Pete, I don't know if it's Ron Fowler, I don't know how you're not driving those guys at Intercom on the, Mike D runs sports for Intercom.
1: Which is weird, because the Padres technically got rid of Mike D, yet they still have a relationship with Mike D. Yeah,
2: yeah. And I, I would just be like, what are we doing? Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this: when when I was at KFMB, and I know times have changed, um, we had every spring training game. Now I know spring training games don't start for two weeks, but you were you were hyping it like crazy. Um, I I hope it gets worked out. I really. Yeah. Do. I mean, it will at some point. We'll get used to it. We'll yeah. get back. I love the way the games sound on the FM. I think it's cool, but it it's just it's very weird, the whole. You know the way last year, and let's see. I don't know what their plan is. Maybe they're going to have a longer pregame and a longer postgame, and kind of make it more of a baseball. Let's let's see what happens. I don't know, but it's just you would think by now they would have wanted to launch.
1: Well, the the, the talk is, and I think you might have even said it yourself, is the the talk is the Padres want them to stay on ninety four nine intercom. One to my ninety seven three apparently
2: yes I don't that's not confirmed that's been rumored I, I don't know that to be true or not but, but if I'm the Padres yeah. I'm like
1: yeah, I, I, listen it's insane though to think you're talking about a major but, league baseball team that doesn't know the people involved I, don't know what station they're on nope nobody fucking knows you're on ninety four nine either
2: which is <laughs> okay let's just check ourselves. let's just fucking check ourselves, okay you're not you're not the Cardinals on KMOX you're not the Yankees on WABC if the Dodgers can survive bouncing around 10 different radio stations like they've done the last yeah. 15 years, then you can survive, too.
1: But it is so funny that we were talking about, we don't know if they're going to get Hosmer. We don't know what the next move is. Yeah. They, they don't know what, what station. And you're going, wait a second. The guys are leaving for spring training, setting up. Yeah, guys figuring are Figuring out how yeah. things are going. I mean... Ted, when he's going in and out of the breaks, doesn't know if he's saying 94.9 or 97.3 or Padres Radio Network. works? It is kind of funny to me that why why is there a delay? How is there not commercials now? How there's not saying, hey, this is your home or your new home yeah. for Padre Baseball. It's so crazy to me.
2: My, my thing is, having been through it, who I, I really feel bad for, somebody's going to get affected. I would think. Maybe not. But it feels like somebody's going to be affected. And every day you go into work and you go, Jesus, this the day they, they yank the rug out. Um, That's a bad feeling, man. It's a bad feeling. And I know, I, I would assume that intercom is trying to move people who work there. I know people that work in that building and I'll say this, Dave, they love it. They are moving into gorgeous new studios across from channel 39. Intercom is spending money to make the San Diego experience. Great. And by I don't know, May, April 15th, this will all be forgotten.
1: You're right. It will be. It will all be forgotten. People will be ready to go Padre baseball, especially at the beginning yeah. where you sit there and say, there's a chance, all right? That's what spring yeah. training is about. There's and a, people love it. There's the, a chance. The, the people that work there
2: say they're treated great. I think that's nice. Um, new studios where you actually wouldn't be embarrassed to take anybody and walk them through. Um, going to be cool. So I'm, I'm cheering for those guys. And shit, you better be nice. You never know in this business. They're the only company we haven't worked for, <laughs> but they won't let us do a show where we can
1: say fuck. Yeah, <laughs> they, won't, they won't let you do that at all. Yeah, you know it's, it's funny when we talk about Padre baseball. We'll drop mm-hmm. different positions here and there. You and I will go through the lineup every now and then, just like a lot of Padre fans do. One of the guys that you bring up to me all the time, and I always think you're a little bit crazy when I go, "What are you mm-hmm. talking about?" I go, "If the guy was never sent down to the minors, he would hit 40 home runs." Is Hunter Renfro. I, mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I think this is a make or break year on what they're doing with Hunter Renfro. For the more I read, the more I'm listening to guys like Andy Green and listen to AJ Preller, it's almost like whatever that'll happen, they're sick of the guy's immature bullshit and he better pull it together better this get year. It together. Otherwise, you won't be wearing a Padre uniform in 2019. Where you talk about raw power, obviously, he has a ton of it, but man, the Padres are not willing to commit to him until he commits to them mm-hmm. as a professional first.
2: Yeah. Because you've already floated the idea of Myers going back to a corner spot. Yep. Now, you, you can tell me all day long uh, how he belongs in right or left. Okay. You also have Josh Naylor coming up through the system, who's a first baseman, and they like Naylor. So now you go, I mean, if you're Renfro, you're like, dude, let's go. But I think probably a lot of us, Dave, go, Jesus, don't give up on him too quick and have him be another Jet Jericho. Oh, yeah. But I would also say, fine, don't panic and sign him to an extension before you have to. Don't sign Margot to an extension before you have to. Don't sign any of these guys. uh, Tatiste or or any of those guys. Hedges. Let's just let it play out. Let's see what happens with these guys. Shake it out and see. the, the, The best guys will rise to the top. Commit to them. I thought last night... And I understand when you get into the the fact of a divorce that that would be the topic of conversation on social media today. I was shocked nobody responded to our idea that you should go out and and, uh, pull the plug on the Hosmer talk and turn it to... Pitching. Yeah, Alex Cobb and Lance Lynn. Because when you looked at uh, what Jeff Sanders wrote today in the UT, looking at the rotation, he said lamette has got a job. He said uh, Clayton Richard has a spot net rotation. And he said, Brian Mitchell, the guy you got from the Yankees already has penciled in. I, I don't know how you pencil that guy in, how you pencil him in without watching him throw a pitch. You say, yeah, okay. And then it did seem like Dave from reading, looking at the numbers, it's going to be incredibly difficult for Tyson Ross or Chris Young to, to make the staff. I think when we saw that everybody panicked and thought they were going to be the one in two, mainly you, um, but they're probably not going to make it. But <laughs> Um, but, but nobody talked about the fact, would you go look at, again, depending on what the numbers are, if Cobb and Lynn want five year, hundred million dollar deals, you're not paying that. But depending on what the numbers are, if you can get those guys on a one or two year deal, why not go get them? And Uh, maybe they still do.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with that a lot. It's funny as listening to different people talk today, because after what happened over the weekend with you, Darvish going to the mm-hmm. Cubs, what does it mean for teams like the Brewers who think this is it, this is the year we're mm-hmm. going to contend, we're going to push out either the the Cubs or the Cardinals out of that division, we're going to be a team that's a playoff team, miss the playoffs, but only one game last year, but all of a sudden where's Arietta going, where's Lance Lynn going, where's Cobb, But the whole deal, the, those are the three guys that people are contending for postseason, those are the guys all of a sudden, hey, those are the names you're hearing a ton of. John Heyman wrote that Theo called Jake Arietta.
2: He said, I I felt like I owed it to Arietta. Made a call to Arietta and said, Look, this is the deal that we are giving Darvish, but I want you to get a final run at it. And apparently, Arietta didn't respond. They signed Darvish. I will say this because tonight I'm still technically (laughs) married. You're a married guy. Yeah. Even if I wasn't married, I would still say, I'm not married to her anymore. I still know what the answer would be. I can text her right now. How does that dink? go home to his wife and go, uh, hey, hey, uh, boy, I was talking to Scott today. You know who called? Theo called. <laughs> Your wife says Theo called today. Oh, he did? Yeah, he offered us $125 million. I'm not returning that call. <laughs> what? God, no, I'm not returning. Can I get some water, please? With some ice in it? Uh yeah yeah hi I, I I come on if I'm married to Vera, <laughs> which may not be out of the question moving forward, I I can't go home and tell Vera in the trailer yeah that I just walked away. How do you do that? How do you tell anybody? And I'll and I'll flip it. If if you're the wife and your employer says, "Hey, I got 125 million for you," how do you go home and tell your yeah. my wife came home and said. Hey, got offered one hundred twenty-five million. 125 minutes, but I don't think, uh, What? You going to tell me how you bit the zipper off a heavy bag, too?
1: I'll <laughs> be in the alley biting the zipper off a heavy Jesus bag. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, that, to me, is I'm like, okay. Okay, smart guy. Here's the deal. The guy hasn't been the ace of that staff for a few years. They just won a World Series a couple of years ago. They love you in Chicago. He was a bum in Baltimore. At best, you can end up in Milwaukee. Who the fuck wants Bill to live in Milwaukee Rocky? compared to the in Chicago? What are you going to do? What are you doing? Live with the big ragu? I mean, serious. You look at, you know, <laughs> premier places to be, I think, if you're a pro athlete, pro yeah. baseball player. The Chicago Cubs is definitely right there in the great. top four.
2: It's a, it's, if not in one. I, I tell you, Cubs fans are so freaking annoying. But the only thing that makes Cubs fans bearable is how insanely great Wrigleyville is. Yep. Wrigleyville is awesome. the whole thing, the whole shit. Murphs and the whole area and the people that hang out in those bars, the people that work at those bars, whether it's the piano player or the bartender or the guy giving you the five dollar wintergreen lifesaver when you're taking a piss, they are in they're great. they are great. And now you're going to go to Milwaukee. Yeah. It reminds me of two weeks ago when that old goat, Nick Canepa, responded because I said, what a great day it was in L.A. because I had the Clipper game that day. USC and UCLA was going on that afternoon, and I said, uh, there's a Kings-Coyotes game tonight. I said, God, what what a great day for a sports fan. So, Nick... Piped in and said, Well, you know, you got all these teams. What are you telling me? Green Bay, because they only have one team. It's not a great sports town. I said, Green Bay sucks. It's in Wisconsin. <laughs> What's your next question? <laughs> what the fuck are you asking me that question for. <laughs> fuck it. Milwaukee's yeah. in Wisconsin. Nobody, Dave, is looking ahead right now and going, Yeah, we got spring break coming up. Now we could go Cabo. Ooh, that'd be nice. There could be snow. Maybe we get some skiing in. Any chance, depending? Maybe we go Mammoth, Big Bear. Maybe we get lucky. Shit, <laughs> we haven't even we haven't even thought about going to Milwaukee. <laughs> we haven't even thought about it.
1: <laughs> How did nobody bring up Milwaukee?
2: Because right now, and the, the only deal is I don't know what flights are, but I know we're going to get a good deal at the Red Roof Inn, <laughs> right? on on downtown Moosehaws Avenue. <laughs> Don Money Way. <Yep. laughs> Fuck Bill God I hope Arietta goes yeah. there. You'll never see him again. You won't. You won't see him again.
1: What the fuck's yeah. he thinking? Dude, yeah.
2: playing in that shithole park.
1: Whenever and- you hear that, don't you always think about that like the Emperor's new clothes? Like who's hanging out with you? Who's giving you advice? I,
2: and yeah, and then you got that flat-ass Bud Selig walking in. Do you know every day I walked across? Yeah, I got it. Two hot dogs, mustard only. Great story. Great story. All right. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, likewise. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. Oh, my gosh. Alan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are we, we going to Dave, you and I just signed a deal. We're gonna do mornings in Milwaukee, okay? Let's walk through this. Okay. We're doing six to nine on WTMJ. How the fuck I know that? I have no idea. Now, now we're off. Morning. Well, guys, that was a great show. Uh, don't forget coming up tomorrow. Who's gonna to be on the show tomorrow, Dave? Who do we Pete got? Hukovich. Pete Hukovic. Pete Hukovic will be on. And don't forget, you got Cecil Cooper in studio on Thursday for the whole show. <laughs> now what are, what are we gonna do we've already yeah. are we gonna go do the miller high life tour oh my god we're gonna gosh. go get a brat yeah
1: oh my god how many brats can you no eat no kidding how many brats can you eat what a disaster what do they always say about houston and milwaukee have the most unhealthy people houston's a shit <laughs> that. Time.
2: now like right now i guess probably what we're doing cuz it's kind of the off season maybe we're going cuz we signed a 3 year deal maybe we'll go get a deal on a snowblower.
1: no kidding that's the insult the sidewalk for next year
2: yeah there's nothing
1: in chicago yeah god damn dude whatever you want to do yeah if you had a if you were let's say a big time free agent let's say you're, yeah. you're you're Bryce Harper yeah okay and you can pick any city basically to play oh. where are you playing oh, i, I, I love- have to guess chicago has to be in your top 2 absolutely absolutely god that's a great place yeah and as far as travel goes you're basically right there in the middle of the country there's no flight that's going to be more than three hours no you know
2: no and i think i think uh i think chicago's great because i i would just i'm 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 incredibly jealous maybe that's it i'm incredibly jealous of the whole cub thing yeah Uh, and and when they won and and uh, I, i just i'm jealous of that I wish I had a team like that that I had a passion for where you feel like not only do I have a passion for it but the entire community it just is crazy about it and when you go down there it's so infectious it's just it's oh man I I told you yeah um I talked to a Sporting News Radio they were in Northbrook Illinois in 2002 about a job and I thought I was going to take it but I, I ultimately didn't. And I said to our boy Tommy Brenneman, um, I said, I think I'm taking this job. Yeah. And I go, uh I go <laughs> that's
1: uh, what he says yeah dude. that's funny.
2: And I go, uh if I if I get this job, Tom, I'm moving to Wrigleyville. And he didn't even crack his mouth. You'll be dead in a year. <laughs> I would have been, too. Yeah. Me and Chris Farley. No kidding. Just hanging out with Kari Wurr. Remember that chick? <laughs> I've been hanging out with her. Who else from MTV would I? Oh, I my know? God. That's funny as shit. Not Kennedy. Yeah. I would have shot a little higher than that. <laughs> Nina Blackwood. That is, that is Me crisp. and Nina Blackwood living on my houseboat in Lake Michigan. <laughs> you just find me dead.
1: <laughs> would it be talking about it far out like we have Natalie Wood? would <laughs> be one of those like, oh, fuck it.
2: Well, at that point, I'd only been on KFMB. Yeah. That was the night show. Uh, much more entertaining than Rick Roberts. I probably would have been the five. I probably would have got a mention. Probably right below the highlight results. <laughs> <laughs> but shit, now when I move back there. And I, I move in with Nina Blackwood, yeah. and I die in my houseboat on Lake Michigan.
1: Have you heard Nina Blackwood speak? <laughs> yeah. Dude, it smells like, she sounds like she smokes five packs of cigarettes a day with that voice. You'd go crazy. Yeah. I don't know.
2: <laughs> God.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe I just- Jeff, did eat all the cream cheese. <laughs> you gonna make a run? Where's my light? Where's my vape? <laughs> That's it. Jesus. You're getting 1981.
2: Hey, don't forget Jake Isles
1: is coming over tonight. I know. <laughs> I hear on serious 80s on eight. And you're I hear like, it all the time. Jesus, stop talking. <laughs> Lucille Ball thinks your voice is fucking ragged. <laughs> Jesus, what a trademark.
2: Why would I have <laughs> taken all the cream cheese? For what? What did I use it on? How many bagels can anybody have? <laughs> Uh, oh how God. come I didn't even shoot for Martha yeah. Quinn? Yeah, everybody loved Martha Quinn. You know who sucks on that station is Alan Hunter. Yeah, like I never shit. I hear JJ Jackson more than I hear Mark <laughs> coleman or Mark. What's his name? Uh, Mark Go,
1: Mark Goldman. Was, was it Mark Goldman? No, Mark. Gonna be, Mark that, Mark Goodman. Goodman. Yeah, the one at the Afro. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when
2: I hear him. I'm fascinated by the logistics of putting together their top 40 countdown, which gives me another radio story, too. But they they do a weekly top 40 countdown from, like, whatever year, the 80s. But then Nina will introduce the song, and then Alan will take it out, and then Martha will introduce the next song, and Mark will – you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's Nina, Alan, Martha, and Mark. God, that's got to be a pain in the ass to put put together. Put all
1: that together. Be getting all the voices.
2: Yeah, putting it all together. Um, you'll love this. So I'm driving around the other day, and I had Max F. Evan on. Now, Dave and I know Phil Gone. Phil Gaughan is Dr. Phil Good on that, and he's a fucking great guy. He's great. He's just a good, good dude. But this fucking knucklehead, he's promoting the fact that Casey Kasem is coming up on Sunday. And he says... I I don't have his number, but I should have just messaged him because he's such a fucking lunatic. He said, uh, hey, coming up tomorrow, don't forget, it's the Casey Kasem original American Top 40 countdown. This week's countdown is from February 9th, 1986. We were just a couple of days after the Challenger disaster, and tomorrow you'll find out what the top hits were back then. Well, wait.
1: Well, you sold me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) When do I feel good? You just reminded me about goddamn Christy McAuliffe, you asshole. (laughs) Beautiful school teacher blew up. I don't really care where the fuck the Thompson twins were. Dr. Phil Bad. <laughs> Dr. Phil Bad. And like I said, I, I love him. Gonch is great. He's just a radio lifer. But I'm like, that's what you fucking give me, you, you fucking goof. You work two days a week. And coming up tomorrow, don't forget, it's America Top 40. From June of 1985, just days after Lyle and Eric shot Kitty, we'll let you know, with the top song, Awesome. Awesome. I wonder if the fix is number one. One thing led to another, and then we shot our parents. I'm Dr. Phil Good. Yeah, fucking, like, there was nothing else going on in February of 86. Oh, so the car is just dying. Like, we know so many fucking lunatics. He's all fired up. Hey, that's coming up just a couple days after the challenger. We'll find out what the top hits were. Awesome. Don't have to tell me
1: twice. It's Leno Richie, dancing on the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Nobody was dancing on the ceiling no. that day as all of us were crying. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> wonder why he's been passed over so many times. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that goddamn record sticks around and I don't get the call. <laughs> all right, speaking of radio stories, I heard this today and I was like, you got to tell this story because I haven't heard okay. you say it on the podcast. Did you see Goose Gossage lost Ah! his shit on Brian Cashman? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so the Yankees did not invite Goose Gossage to Tampa for spring training. Yeah. And he's very upset by it. He's very upset. Over and over again, he called Brian Cashman a fucking asshole. I don't think he's going to be invited (laughs) next year either. Yeah. And basically, he's ripped so many things back and forth. And don't compare me to Mario Rivera. He's a joke. I'm the guy that pitched three innings at a time. He came and he got three outs. Yeah, It's funny. Goss has only had like 302 career saves in his career. I mean, you think about it. Trevor had almost double the amount of saves that that Goose had. But the Goose story where you were trying to get him on the show Mm -hmm. for Hank is one of my favorite stories.
2: I just started. I I had just started as a producer at KFMB in March of 95. And right about that time, Goose – announced his retirement from baseball so through the padres i got his home number in colorado so i called him hello yeah couldn't have been more nice i said hi goose my name is jeff i'm with kfmb in san diego where the padres station hey how are you i said well i'm good i said obviously you know how many fans you have back here we love you and I said, I, I produce a talk show with Hank Bauer, the former Charger. Sure. And I said, uh, we'd love to have you on tonight to to talk about your career. Uh, that would be great. What time? I said, it would be 6 o'clock San Diego time, 7 o'clock Colorado. I'll be right here. Just give me a call. I said, great. So now uh, we're promoting, I I think probably starting as early as Stacy Taylor's show. Stacy's show. I think Ted was doing afternoons then. Hey, Goose Gossage on Sports Talk tonight. Afternoon news. Don't forget. Goose Gossage on Sports Talk. I go, man, this is great. Yeah. This fucking job's a joke. Yeah, if you I see mean.
1: your boss the rest of the day, he's giving it's you Cliff the, Albert. Cliff's giving you the thumbs up or winking uh-huh. at you going, way to go, Jeff.
2: Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh So Hank's promoting it. Like Coming up in, in a couple of minutes, we're going to have Goose Gossage on. So now I go to call Goose, and it goes to voicemail. I'm like, shit. So I told Hank, hey, it goes to voicemail like every good producer does. You don't leave a message. You give it two minutes, and you call back. I call back, and he picks up. Hello? And I'm like, huh. I said, "Hey, Goose, this is Jeff in San Diego, huh?" I said, "This is Jeff in San Diego calling from KFMB. He was calling to put you on with Hank Bauer. What? What <laughs> time is it?" And I said, "It's six fifteen or seven You told me six fifteen. Can't you read a clock, you motherfucker? <laughs>
1: so I go, "Whoa!" Are, and Hank are you like, freaking out? Like, oh shit! He's not. We aren't going to get him on. Uh, well, he's fucked up. Yeah, he's fucking hammered. Yeah, but you've been prom- either way. You know, you've been promoting it. Like you can't put him on hammered.
2: Yeah, and Hank's like, "Hey, we're just getting ready." I could see Hank in the other studio going, uh, "We're gonna have Goose Gossage here in like a minute." I'm giving him the throat. No, 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 no. And I, I said to Goose, "I go, Goose, I, I said six o'clock. Say, Fuck you." And I go. <laughs> He said,
1: fuck and he said, can eight o'clock, motherfucker.
2: So I'm dying. Now, Kevin Finnerty, who's still at Kogo, and Hank's still promoting him. Yeah. We're just getting ready. We're going to take one call, and then we're going to connect with Goose. I'm like, we're yeah. not. <laughs> we're not. Stop. <laughs> so I go to Finnerty. I go to Finnerty. I go, come here. I go, come here. And I go, hey, Goose, I'm sorry for the confusion, but our show starts at 6. We told you 6. And I give the phone to Finity. bullshit, you fucking did, t- fuck you, fuck. I said, well, Goose, we we love you. We'll call you down the road. Hank's like, well, what are you doing? I go, yeah. he's fucking hammered. He just told me to go fuck myself four times. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so the only guy.
1: So what's Hank saying to you after you
2: said that? Hank's like, shit, he's dying. Hank loves it. I'm like, I go, dude, I just got motherfucked by Goose, like, ten times. Now, the guy who loved that story more than Dave is Boach. Yes. That's his guy. So, Boach would say to me all the time, you ever call Goose back? No! (laughs) Tell me to go fuck myself. (laughs) What? So, we're at... uh... See, man, this is why... I I can't say enough. What Towers and Boach meant to us. So, this was, again, around 98... Dave and I are doing post game and we go to McGregor's and Boach is waiting for me. As soon as I get there, he goes, fucking come here, come here. And I go, yeah. And he goes, I got somebody you got to meet. And it's, it's goose. Yes. And I go, shit. Now keep in mind that 84 team. I loved it. So this is great. So Boach is like, fucking tell him the story. He's saying to goose and goose. He's like, Boach says, this is my friend, Jeff, you asshole. <laughs> and Goose is like, hey, Jeff, how you doing? Nice to meet you. Yeah. What's going on? And I go, uh, I go, well, Goose, I, I got a story of yours. And so I told him and Boach is roaring. Roaring. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like Herman Munster. Uh-huh. And Goose says, uh, wow. He goes, uh. How many times did I tell you fuck you or go fuck yourself? I go, shit. Right, <laughs> ten. <laughs> he's like, I'm so sorry. I go, don't ever apologize yeah. again. I go, I've lived off that story <laughs> for three years. You're hey, my favorite guy. Yeah. It was great. That's it, so it, great. It's it's the thing that we talk about so often, man. If you if you're gonna survive in this business and maybe in life. You better not get your feelings No,
1: that's what makes me laugh. Was it Stan Humphries you went off on to?
2: Yeah, I yelled at Stan. I yelled at Junior. I got into it with Junior. I yelled at Stan. I got into it bad with Stan. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Um, And Stan, oh, I got so pissed at Stan because Stan didn't have um, voicemail. Yeah. And he was the guy. And so we had been promoting him for a long time that he was coming on. He was very difficult to get on. Uh, Hank's a former Charger announcer and, and Kev's the beat writer and so the Chargers would work to, to get him on and uh, so now we're promoting that he's going to be on Wednesday night at 6.30. The show only ran from 6 to 8. These fucking podcasts go longer than that yeah. show ran and so now 6.30 comes and I, I can't call him. He's got to call in so we're sitting there and you prepare other stuff, but really you've prepared fifteen minutes ago with Stan Humphreys. Exactly. And now six forty five doesn't show, seven, seven fifteen. Seven fifty two the hotline rings. And look, I'm already dealing with Bauer. Yes. Who's freaking out every break. Freaking out. And Kernan is I don't know what he's doing, <laughs> taking pictures of scrambled eggs. <laughs> and uh and then they're going at it with each other. Yeah. And now it's like literally two minutes to fucking go. And the phone rings and it's Stan Humphreys. Yeah. Completely unprofessional. I just I, I didn't know any better. Yeah. I just was like, fuck. This is fucking <laughs> bullshit, man. If you don't want to fucking do this show, just fucking say you're not showing up. Okay? Just fucking say you're not showing up. And I said, I'm going to be there tomorrow, Stan. I'm going to see you tomorrow. So then Chargers PR calls. Hey, hey. Why don't you do your fucking job? I said, you, you had one fucking job. Get the guy on the air. Don't fucking call me and talk to me like it's my problem. Fuck you. And Bauer's <laughs> watching all this, yes. and he is dying. I love it. Loves it. Fuck you. I, I didn't give a shit about that team. I'm a Raider fan. What <laughs> I fuck Stan number? <laughs> but, but then, like as years went on, and Stan would come on, and he'd be so great. Yeah, I know you were always thinking in the back. Tell him. Thank God he doesn't know.
1: Uh, he was great. Well, think man. about it. Stan, after you yelled at him the first time, hung up the phone and immediately called the Chargers PR to tell on you. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, that's how you ended up with the phone call from but, the Chargers.
2: But I will say, over the next couple of years, God, he must have come on. Yeah, he must have come on twenty-five times. Yeah. Always on time. Always great. Funny. Uh, just awesome. So one one bad shot out of twenty-five. It's uh, great though. Yeah, it'll be great. Now, Junior, my issue with Junior was he was always tough to get on the show. And I think he was with Betty Hoffman, who runs his foundation, who we love to death too. But again, David, this time, I don't know anything. I'm just yeah. stupid. Like I probably still <laughs> So it's uh it would have been like February or March, right around when the Legends dinner was going okay. on. And my hotline rings, and you can hear it's a speaker phone. Hey, uh Hey, do you have any time <laughs> for Junior? What? hey uh, jr's available if you want uh, to talk to him um, i go no we're good Uh do you want to call back no <laughs> oh okay well he how, how late's the show on do you want him to call tomorrow i go no you know when i'd like him to call is one of the 15 times i request him during the season Oh, well, he's got his dinner. I go, no, well, I'm aware that he has his dinner going. I know he's sitting right there. Yeah. I said, no, I'm aware he's got his dinner going on. If you talk to him, I said, you yeah. he's yeah, sitting right there. Tell him we said hello and let him know next year if he can be bothered to come on during the regular season, then we'd love to promote his event. But I said, unfortunately, I got to go. I got other phones ringing. Gone. <laughs> Gone. And Hank's like, uh, what happened there? I'm like, well, what fucking... Where the fuck is he? United- this shit team wins two games.
1: Yeah, he was calling you or had Betty call you because he needed to promote his deal. It now, wasn't important to him during the regular season. And, 1998, yeah. who's
2: at Shop with yes, the Jock? He's exactly. the fucking boy.
1: So funny. You want my other Bowers story? Give me the Bowers story, and then I want the Tommy Lasorda story, too. About Finnerty? It, it, well, yes. <laughs> go uh, ahead. Go ahead. You can tell go to any order you want.
2: Okay, Tommy Lasorda, when I produced, we would book Tommy a lot had his home number you could call him and he was just great and i i never liked the dodgers but he was just fantastic and i wouldn't say i knew him i just i guess whatever he and i just had a rhythm as to when it would go and i would call him and off he'd go um and i think too what i would do is if you're booked at 7 30 dave i'm going to call you at seven fifteen. yeah Hey Dave, it's Jeff at KFNB with Hank and Kevin. I'm just reminding you, I'll call you in 15 minutes. You gonna be there? Yeah, I'll be right here. Perfect. I'll call you. And as we're doing news or whatever, I'm just gonna call. Dave, hang on, we're coming back right now. Perfect. And off you go. Yep. Just the way I do it. Don't want to waste your time. Sometimes you're booked on these shows and they make it in Vegas. I go on this station in Vegas. I gotta sit there for a four minute no news kidding. update. Just call me. So I'm in San Francisco. Producing KF&B was insane. They would send me to Monterey, San Francisco, L.A. I'd go all these places to produce Padre Talk. And uh, I'm sitting there with Hank, I think, or I don't know, Bob, somebody. So I said to my boy Kevin Finnerty, ran my board. I go, hey, um, here's the Lasorda's number. Just I thought I'd walked him through it. Well, he called him with like two minutes to go, left Tommy on hold. So Tommy does this segment. So I say to Finn, jump on afterwards and tell him he was great as always and we'll talk to him down the road. Finn picks up the phone. Hey, Tommy, hey, why the fuck (laughs) am I on hold? And just starts lighting him up. Now, Finnerty, who's still over there, does the movie show, nicest kid in the world, he makes the mistake of, sharing this story down the line with me and Bauer yeah well me and Bauer think it's the greatest thing ever we're like what are you doing we start lighting him up too you fucking idiot It's a hall of famer what are you going on hold for 12 minutes and i are dying um that was great my favorite Bauer story though oh shit I, I got a lot of Bauer stories um I'll tell I'll tell two Hank stories that that he he loves them. Okay. So I, I know. and he's he's so fucking great. We just had the best time. We two complete boneheads with Kernan. He told Kernan one time. He said, "If I kick Bobby Breathnach in the ass, I'd break your glasses." He <laughs> said to Kernan, "I almost passed out from that line." But we were at Yogi's in Cardiff one night, and it was Super Bowl week. <laughs> and uh, Hank and I are just bullshit. We're just hanging out, having a beer. And this guy comes over and goes, uh, hey, man, Chris Berman wants to say hi to you. So Hank says to me, I'll be right back. And I go, where the fuck are you going? He goes, Chris Berman. Going to say hi. I'm going to fucking Chris Berman play in the NFL. (laughs) What? (laughs) I go, shut up. I go, shut up. I go, are we in Chris Berman's town? He can't fucking walk over in San Diego. He knows who you are. He's got to beckon you? Yes. I go, Jesus Christ. Next thing you know, Hank's like, Berman, you wanna to talk to me? Get the
1: fuck <laughs> He yells at Berman from across the restaurant. He completely got in Hank's head.
2: But my favorite thing that he did for me was I again, everything happened. The guy the guy cussed at him on the air, goose gets fucked up. The whole shit was all within like my first two weeks of yeah. KFMB. How the fuck I lasted there seven years? I have no idea. <laughs> Longest place of any radio station was that place. Complete disaster. So I'm, again, it's got to be my first week. I'm walking in and Hal Clement is driving by. And I waved to Hal and Hal doesn't acknowledge my wave. Yeah. So again, the guy who just ran Stan Humphries off the phone, Junior off the phone, idiot, me, big mouth. I go to, I say to Hank, Look, I don't know what Hal Clement's fucking problem is, but he's driving around in his J.C. suit. I can't believe that fucking guy doesn't have the common courtesy to wave back to me. <laughs> now I think I think Hank gets the joke. Yeah. And and Hank comes back down like three days later, and he goes, "Hey man, I asked Hal what the fuck his problem was. He said he didn't see it. The sun." I go, "Oh shit." <laughs> You're going get me fired. <laughs> we laughed. I tell you, Dave, I had so much fucking fun working with that guy. I had so much fucking
1: fun working with him.
2: We just laughed at the Tiger Woods night. Yeah. Uh, it just, uh, yeah, man. It's like
1: those that's are the fine. kind of things. And again, you, that's before you ever got on this side of the microphone. Oh, I, I he still, used to
2: say to me all the time, I want you to come
1: on. I would yeah. never go
2: on. That's why yeah. I, I have such... Uh, uh, a problem with producers going on the air because I I, I didn't yeah. feel like anybody... I'll go on the air if I have my own show. Nobody cares what I fucking think. He and I would just... Yeah. La- he Me, Hank, and Kevin just laughed every night. It was really fun. Those that, guys, I'm very thankful, those guys. Yeah,
1: KFNB was a lot different than what radio is totally. now, especially in San Diego. That's why I always laugh whenever I hear somebody even go to a call. You're in my head when you were telling Ted as far as say their names and <laughs> don't say their cities. Stop acting like you're Larry King. Cracks me up every freaking time.
2: I loved... I. That's the thing, man. Like when I tell these stories, understand how when I look back at things that I did in our career, what Dave and I did, so much of who I became was because of my friendship professionally and personally with Ted, with Kevin, with Hank, Chuck Fritch, Stacey Taylor, Roger Hedgecock, um, George Riley. I, I mean, Ken Kramer. All these guys, Dave, they, they, Hank and Ted and Fritch and and those guys, they went so far above and beyond to encourage me, to coach me, to I, yeah. I just I, I say those stories, man. I say those stories. I love all those guys like like older brothers because they really were. If they if they didn't if Hank didn't spend the time, Hank, you know what Hank said to me every day, and and this is why I'm I'm such a fan of his. He told me every day, don't be afraid to be great. Don't be afraid to be great. Think big, man. Think big, shoot big. Because I would say to him, Hank, you're you're asking me to call you know, uh whoever, fill in the blank. Yeah. Uh, uh, Faye Vincent <laughs> and book him at 8:30. Well, the fucking 11:30, he's not coming on. <laughs> but but I loved that he always yeah. had the attitude of, well, if he's not coming on now, then let's find a way to get him on tomorrow. And he always said that to me: "Think big, man. Come on, come on. Let's go. Be great. Don't be afraid to be great." And and from a personal standpoint, from a professional standpoint, he uh, I'm, I'm really loyal to all those guys. Yeah. I, I tell those stories because we laugh our ass off. But but at the at the heart of all of them was how good those guys yeah. to me. I was a young guy. I didn't know shit. I did not know shit. Um, But they liked me and they looked out for me. And I've always remembered that. And I'm always incredibly thankful to all. Ted was fucking the best. The best.
1: The story I know that's always off limits. I won't even ask you to say it now because I don't know if we'll ever get off on uh, this podcast ever. But the off-limit story is when Costa took over for you in booking guests. I'll tell that story right now. Will you really? Go, uh, <laughs> go ahead. Are you going to tell it right now? Well, I'll tell it to, I'll tell it to a certain oh, level. Okay, go ahead. Because this is so great. And this is before I knew Mike really well. All right. So I took over
2: for Dave Marcus. Dave Marcus, who um, hangs the star had been produced in Sports Talk. But when I took over, Dave had to go to Peoria to get ready for spring training, and he he didn't want to produce the show anymore. So I'm not saying anything that's... When I came in and I looked at who the guest list had been, it had been like the city treasurer for the city of Peoria and the impact of spring training. I mean, that's who it was. Like city officials. I was given Nothing. Nothing. So if I was to, and Hank, Hank wouldn't share shit. Hank had more numbers in his phone. And if he tells me anything, he's full of shit.
1: Like he wouldn't give you like Kellen Winslow or no. John Jefferson, any of those guys. No. Okay. We couldn't get any of those guys.
2: I, I think too, in hindsight. I just Trust issue at the beginning? Yeah, probably. I think that's fair. Yeah, I, w- I would think so. Um, and I also think too that Hank may not have wanted to be that guy. Hank may, may not have wanted to be bugging people. And yeah. I get that too. Yeah, but I think, you, I think the trust issue, sure, we're trying to figure each other out. But um, we hit it off really quick. But everything I had phone number-wise, my book, I built. Marty Caswell, I guarantee you, Joe Tatino. I think about guys that, uh, that have been really, really great yeah. at booking shows. I bet Marty's Rolodex is amazing. Kaplan's Rolodex, from what he has done, has been amazing. You uh, Bulldog, Joe's got a great book. And as a producer, you take a lot of pride in that. You take pride in having numbers of people that you can call and uh, and get on the phone quick. KFNB was going through a restructuring. I've talked about my friend Kevin Finity a lot. Kevin ran the board. I produced the show. Kevin's job was going away. So that meant that, I, and Kevin Kernan had just taken the job at the New York Post. Yeah. Kernan and Hank had a great uh, partnership on that show because Kev didn't care, Hank didn't care, like they 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 both had full time jobs. Full time jobs. The radio show. We felt like we were getting fired every day. So really, the only guy who cared was me because I was like, shit, it's the only job I have. But it worked really well for the flow of the show. But Kevin had decided that he was going to go back to the New York Post. So now we had a random assortment of guys that were coming in, filling in. And none of them would push back on Hank because they all wanted the show. And I just I I just was like, my boy Finnerty's leaving. They're gonna put me back on the board. So I'm gonna have to be booking guest, running the board, screening calls, and I'm losing I'm losing my backbone with Finnerty and I'm losing the energy of Kernan. And at that point I just said, I'm done. Yeah. I'm leaving. Um so they found Mike. Now I didn't know Mike. Yeah. I really didn't. Mike had been working on the FM. So they found Mike to produce the show. And I said to Mike, um, I got two weeks, man. My my final day is coming up. You should come down and hang out. And he didn't do it. Yeah. And I said, okay, you got to come down. I got to give you an idea of how this thing runs. And he didn't do it. Wow. So my last day, um, he Mike, Mike showed up maybe for... A very short period of time. So I I left, and I took my book with me. So now when they come in on Monday, uh, I swear, I think the guest was like Jimmy Brogan. <laughs> <laughs> Talking USD hoops, right? And Hank loses his shit. Yeah. So now uh, Hank and Mike... There, Hank's like, dude, we were we were rolling here. Yep, we're rolling, and I I know Hank. I've never talked to him about it, but I I guarantee you, he knew these guys were kissing his ass trying to get the job. And I don't I don't know who was running the board or doing that. I don't even remember. But it's like, dude, where'd my team go? I, I lost my three guys. Yep. So he was getting into it with Mike, and uh, it was it was just bad. But Hank would call me and be like. Well, you need to bring that book back. Fuck you. Yeah. I I'll give him the fucking number for the the city treasurer in Peoria. <laughs> um but it it was really hard on Mike. That yeah. was a really challenging thing for Mike. And I I don't know. I mean, Mike was doing sidelines when Hank was the color guy. Um but yeah, it was like he never showed up and it was fuck, man. It fucked Mike up a little bit. Yeah.
1: But, How long did Mike have that job? Oh, it's a good question. I don't know how long I Mike think it was did. less than two weeks. And then, and Mike then was Al out. Horton came in? Yeah, then Mike was out. Done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's too much for.
2: Him. Yeah. i I and I'd call Hank and I'd go, You're you're fucking making this guy insane. You gotta stop. Da! <laughs>
1: didn't give two shits. He didn't care at all.
2: <laughs> but um but yeah, man, it's it's funny. It's just it's different now. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm sure there are guys that Maybe Padilla has that relationship with with Scott and Billy Ray. I don't, I don't know. I'm just thinking about it. Caruth, Caruth Marty and Marty and, and Darren are really tight. I yeah. think that's cool. They got a good relationship. I, yeah, I think that's cool. But that, I, I can't speak for the other shows.
1: That's too funny. I got to tell you a quick story. Not a radio story, but this uh, during the spring I coach high school baseball, and, and then of course I coach you know travel ball in the summer and all that stuff. We've talked about it for years. Anyway, I got a kid on my high school team. As we're getting ready for the season, we're doing like winter ball play game here and there. And he's a little bit of a temper right a little a mm-hmm. little bit out of control to the point oh, well, the where kid- he's <sighs> 15 16 shit. years old okay. man don't and in it, trouble kid. and so that's yeah, so what we're trying to say It's like you know you got a lot of talent you're really good you got a lot of talent you can't yell at your teammates you can't yell at uh-huh. the other team you can't start fights the whole deal everybody has spoken to him so I you know say look if you have something to say to one of your teammates in the dugouts when you have that conversation you know don't scream at oh, guys shit. on the on the field. Yeah. So Saturday I go up to LA, I don't even do the game, the other guy does the the game, and this kid's catching, okay? Ball's hit to right field, right fielder drops the ball. The guy's catching, Jeff, he runs into the dugout, okay? Tyler, catch the fucking ball! Now he runs back to behind home plate. Like, he doesn't understand that we so you, you talked to him in the dugout. So he thinks he can say whatever he wants as long as he's standing on the cement inside the dugout. Completely missed the part about he needs to be in the dugout with you. Do you understand? But so he, he, he did it twice. Because I asked today, I said, hey, how did things go on Saturday? Remember that talk you had with him? It didn't go the way we thought it was going to go. You forgot to tell him the kid needs to be in the dugout with him. He ran from behind home plate into our own dugout and screamed, Will you pick up that fucking grounder, Jimmy? And then back out to home plate. My and new uh, favorite guy. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How jersey? The craziest what numbers he wear? Oh, my God. Seven, I think. I don't even know what number he's wearing this year. It's just so fucking so funny fucking that great. he drops that that deal where he just screams from the cement and thinks it's okay to yell from 300 feet away, catch the fucking ball, Tyler.
2: Uh, that
1: is so awesome. It was so <laughs> awesome. That is the so The coach awesome. on the other team I heard was like, I don't know what the hell is wrong with you guys' team. You guys are a mess. You guys should just go home and regroup.
2: <laughs> take a
1: lap. <laughs> yeah, take a lap and walk around, and off you go.
2: Um, I was trying to think. Um, I did subscribe to The Athletic today.
1: Did you? For it, Dennis it, Lynn. It, I, okay. Did, I read something today, first time ever on The Athletic. It was a Doug Gottlieb column. Did, did oh, you read that? Oh, I heard about that. About Notre out, Dame? It was About, about it was cash out. and bad checks? It was, well, it was about stealing credit cards. That's what it was. Yeah. Good. And Doug wrote it, I heard, Doug right? Doug wrote it. It was fantastic. It was really good because he talked about the Ball Brother and the guy's used mm-hmm. he He That story? He goes, I know that story because I lived it. It's worth reading. I won't give you a lot of details on it. It was, it was fantastic. And here's something he deals with every day for 22 straight years of his life.
2: I found, yeah, I want to read that. I want to read that because I think we're so quick, and I'm including you and me in this group. I think we're so quick to judge people without maybe giving them the opportunity to say their piece.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A, I would do that. Well, what oh. was the line you used yesterday? You used the line about uh, tragedy. I don't remember what I said was, 10 minutes. Was, ago. I don't know, but it was about tragedy, I think it was. Oh, yeah.
2: Everybody loves a tragedy, especially when it's not their yes. own. Yeah, we, we love that shit. Yeah. Um, but I like Dennis Lynn a lot. I am really really interested now because for the first time in... When did when did the LA Times San Diego leave? 92? Yeah. Right? Probably around that area. Um, for the first time since then, we have two Padre beat writers. Two. Competing. One guy you have to pay to read. I guess really in a sense you have to pay for both of them. Um, for, for AC. But you have two guys that are former co-workers. See, when Dennis went to the Athletic, I thought, well, they're going to put him on the Dodgers. No, There's no market for uh, Padres yeah. on the Athletic, but he's here, and he's going to cover the Angels, too. So if you don't know what the Athletic is, it's where Peter Gammons and Ken Rosenthal, we talked about it, a bunch of different people have gone, good writers, but they usually charge you $7.99 a month. There was something that popped up today. There was one that was like 30% off and you would get a shirt. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do with yeah. that T-shirt from The Athletic? But then I found another one that popped up that was um twenty nine ninety nine for the year. I go, well, shit, $30. Yeah. bucks. i am about, when I move, I'm going to get rid of the LA Times. I don't know if I'll keep the the hard copy of the UT anymore. Um, but I, and I, I I like all the guys that right there. I go fuck okay. I'll do that. So I, I spent thirty bucks today for the one year subscription. Look for it. Um, but I Dave I, I want to see like I I think
1: I think AC is going to be really good on this. Beat. I do too. I do. I, and I hope he is because he's taking shots before he's even gotten a chance to bat. Basically, you all think he's going to strike out before he's even stepped in the box.
2: But now I want to see how Dennis does. Dennis do it different. Is there anything different? See, I look at the Athletic Dave, and man, I'm having flashbacks to the National, the paper. I think I
1: loved it. (laughs) I loved the National. It just didn't work, but I loved it.
2: I, I I would okay. If you think about dumb things that you've done as a sports fan, yeah. For me, the National was an all sports newspaper that came out, started in L.A., Chicago, New York,
1: somewhere. I have the first edition from all too. three of those series. Do you have them? I, well, I have. The, it's the isn't that with Magic and Jordan on the front?
2: Uh Magic's L.A., Jordan yeah. Chicago, and Pat Ewing in New York.
1: Yeah, I have the Chicago and L.A. one.
2: Tony Gwynn at the zoo was the first day for San Diego, okay. but before that, it would come out uh, in L.A. I think it was a buck and a half a day or something. And I, living in Cardiff, real I figured out not every place carried it. But there was a Seven Eleven in San Clemente that would get it, and I would call, and the guy would be like, "Yeah, I got one." And I'm like, "All right, well, I'm coming from Cardiff on a motorcycle." He's like, "All right, so whatever that would take to go from Santa Fe Drive to San Clemente, wow. to pay a dollar fifty for the That's national." Crazy. And every now and then, I could get the guy, and he'd be like, "Dude, I'm going to be here for three nights in a row. I'll, I'll put." three of them aside, just come up on Thursday. Oh, cool. And, and I could get them, but I, I would do that. But the National, Frank DeFord, um, John Feinstein, Mike Lupica, Sam Farmer,
1: great. Scott Osler also resident. Yeah,
2: right. Um, but also, a lot of those guys, sometimes they were unique just to their city. Yeah, They wouldn't be through the whole thing, and then it went bankrupt. They yeah. came down to San Diego. They expanded quick. Same business plan. Everybody two was two years. Upset. Did it last two years. God, I don't know. Yeah. If you can find Grantland, Bill Simmons thing. Uh, Bill did a thing called "In uh, Grantland" went out too. But but when Grantland came out, the website which was free, Bill had a thing called the Grantland Quarterly, which was really cool, hardcover books, smaller though. Um like seven-inch-high books that would be a collection of the articles. And I remember the quarterly was like 40 bucks for the year, and they'd send you four of them. If you can find the first one, it's so cool. The cover is like an NBA basketball. Yeah. And in the middle of it is what they call the, the oral history of the national, where all these guys are talking about the stories. And it was humming. And then all of a sudden, this guy in Mexico that financed it said, well, we're fucking done, and pulled the plug on the whole thing. Man, I it it's hard for me. I was I was talking back and forth today with a friend who's knows this kind of business. It's hard for me to believe guys are gonna pay eight bucks a month for shit that they can get for free. These Gammons, Rosenthal, Dennis Lynn, others, you pay eight bucks a month when you're getting what AC's giving you for for you know what I mean? Yeah, I tell you, what, I say what you, for free. Yeah. I mean, it's on Twitter. Yeah. I guess there's firewalls or whatever. We can get the UT delivered yeah. at home for for nothing. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, is, I tell you though, the for the price succeed? you just said
1: it, if you would have called me today and said, "Hey, this is what I got the athletic for," I would have paid for it. I would have paid the twenty nine thirty bucks for the athletic for the year. Oh shit! All right, you right, we'll sorry. yeah, but you know, without, without a doubt, because you're talking about, in my opinion, the guys that are writing for them, they are the best of the best. Why wouldn't you want to see an all star team of writers? But
2: all right, I I don't know how it works. Yeah. There's no pop-ups. There's no ads on the site. It's just clean writing. How do, how do they survive?
1: That's interesting. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how, how they do it. Someone will tell you. They'll hear this and they're going to tell you tomorrow. The I answer mean, how it works out.
2: How, how, what's the business plan? Right? I mean, they're all in San Diego now. It's Dennis. One guy. But, I mean... It, Okay, my my thirty bucks. Well, that's thirty bucks. All right, Dennis, you get fifteen of that. Congratulations! There's your first fifteen dollars. Yay! <laughs> I I I just I look at that. I go I don't know. It, it's but the podcast. I look at our podcast. You used to get talk radio for free, and and people are are coming back to this. And more importantly, you're calling Barkley and Blake yes, and. They are. And Brian, and that helps us and helps them, so maybe it, maybe it's that.
1: Yeah, we also aren't we aren't breaking every 10 minutes like you get in radio. You know what I mean? You, True. It's, it's, you're getting a chance to go basically straight through, when, whether you're in the car okay. or you're, you're out in the yard, whatever you're doing, you're getting straight through.
2: And look, I don't need any of your fucking smartest things, okay? I've already mentioned I'm going through a divorce. I've had a lot of people die recently. Can somebody just fucking throw me one bit of information? Dave, you may even be the guy. So I bought this car which I love right now. There's okay. not a lot in my life where I go, "Fuck. Right. I adore my kids. You got a thermos and you got a car. <laughs> that's it. My paddle ball and my lamp." But I I bought a 2015 Nissan Sentra. Now I'm not going to say much about that car cuz as soon as I say something the fucking transmission yeah. will follow. But let's just say it's been good. But the one thing that I don't really know how to operate is um, I have the the GPS on the front, okay. the backup camera. Kind I love that already. My Sirius XM is in there. That's all great. But understand, I'm coming from an 07. My Accord was an 07. I ran that yeah. car into the ground. It didn't have any of this. The one thing that I'm not... Oh, I've got two questions. Okay. The first thing is, how do I set up the apps. How do I set up like like Jason Hendricks sent me today? How do I set up so I can just run SoundCloud that if I want to
1: hear anything back Ride to and- your car? Yeah. Shit, man, I have no idea. Yeah, you YouTube it. Everyone always says YouTube it all. Oh, that's a good idea. That's okay, it. you just type in Nissan. uh, This is what I want, and it will come up. Someone's YouTube the whole thing for you. you. Probably get the whole thing in two and a half minutes.
2: Okay, so then the other thing that happened with this car is I have an iTunes account. We have a bunch of music on iTunes. But what my kids and I would do is, uh, or I would do it for my wife too, is we would just burn CDs. We'd go to we'd go to Best Buy and get that stack of blank CDs, and you would just make.
1: Yeah. Oh, you don't just create playlists and well, then share them phone to phone?
2: Hang on, but that's what I'm getting to. Okay. We would do, because in the old car, it was a six-disc CD player. Yeah. Well, now Best Buy and Target are getting rid of CDs yep. altogether. The car that I have now, the Sentra, is, uh, it only has one CD. So I'm not worried about it because I've got a, a shitload of music on iTunes. I could just play it. But when I went to Target last night, I go, okay, well, I'll just go get a iPod, nano or shuffle or any of those right i'll just drag them over i have a usb plug right inside basically my glove compartment i go this is great until i realize apple doesn't sell any of that shit anymore no because your iphone is now i don't have an iphone I, I have an android so if i have an android i yes. go to the guy i go um i go okay i go fuck i got a bunch of song i can i can all i need is I, I know how to create playlists on iTunes.
1: I do yeah. that shit all the
2: time. But I go, where the, where the fuck do I run them if I have uh, Android?
1: <laughs> Again, I don't know that one. I don't know that one. I, I, I'm an Apple guy. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, because the guy I everything on my phone.
2: Yeah, I, I just yeah. signed a two-year deal with Sprint. Shit. Yeah, and I got this Galaxy S8. <laughs> I lost my Instagram app. I have no fucking clue where it went. I have no clue how to get it back
1: dude i don't even know what to say anymore. do i
2: have to youtube that, yeah, too? You probably
1: have to YouTube that one too you're asking all these questions i don't have any answers for you at all
2: you know, i i love yeah. i i do i love the display had the car a month yeah. nobody's eaten anything in this car
1: perfect <laughs> no one's spilling slurpees nothing no slurpees no
2: french fries <laughs> no nothing in there but but i was just like dave i don't know how to set up the apps yeah everything else is fine all the at AM, FM, XM. I still have no idea how to use any of the controls on the steering wheel. You haven't turned your lights on once. <laughs> I just <laughs> drive it around. But then I'm like, yeah, all I thought was, I go, well, shit, I could probably get a a Nano or a little yeah. iPod, you know, any of that shit for, you know, fuck, what's it going to cost me? A hundred bucks? The guy goes, ah. Well, yeah, well. I got an did. iPod Touch. He goes, for 249 I go, I don't need that. Um. But I, go, yeah. I just said to the guy, I go, well, if I have an Android, I don't have an iPhone, there's no way to stream music in my car. I've got, you know, like the center console? Yes. When I open my center, center console, there's a fucking USB. It says USB
1: connect. Yeah, you're right Well, don't say, of
2: course, I didn't have one in the old car. Okay. So I'm like, shit. Okay, I'm good right well, you here. You don't even
1: need to connect that probably. It's all connected Bluetooth, right? Through your phone, you don't have to do shit. Correct.
2: But I still need to have the original source to where to store the music. Because iTunes won't go to an Android.
1: Okay. Shit, dude. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. It's too much for me. Too much. Yeah. Someone will have an answer for Within 24 hours, someone's going to tell you exactly what to do. guaranteed. All right.
2: And like I said, I I I, I can put playlists together. Yeah. I can do everything. I was like, oh, shit. That'll be easy. I'll just go drag songs into an iPod shuffle and who gives a shit? Uh, I don't need to worry about changing CDs out. Yeah. Get rid of all this shit. Just play it and keep it on rotation. We'll be fine. Just load and then new songs loaded up again. Nah, we don't tell those anymore. <laughs> God damn, I didn't ask for a cassette, I didn't ask for the hot hits from February 1986 when the Challenger crashed. Shit,
1: <laughs> it's from '86. Yeah, oh my gosh. Hey, I want to thank uh, Ryan Barkley and the guys over at Barkley Landscaping for doing fantastic things. What the hell, you hear all what that? What are you doing? Yeah, that's my iPhone right there. Uh, right now, guys over at Barkley Landscape are doing great things. If you are one of those guys, you're tired of coming home every day, hating the way your yard looks, sick of hearing your neighbor talk about how awesome his yard is. Look, guys over at Barkley Landscape and Ryan Barkley, he can help you out at free estimates. It's, it's awesome. Ryan is so patient. 619 669 8000. Called me this morning and said, I just helped two people out in your neighborhood. I was just in your oh, neighborhood. Like and he doesn't mess around. He'll work around your schedule. He, he told me he saw two people by. By uh see, he said seven forty-five in the morning. Because I already saw two guys. I, was the sun even up? Nice. It's seven forty five. But Ryan and his dad have been in business more than thirty-five years. They're the guys to talk to. Family owned business. Again, free estimates, commercial, residential maintenance, artificial turf, sod installation lawn restoration you name it those are the guys to help you out through as the rainy season hopefully starts and gets you ready for spring to make your yard look great
2: uh reached out to me today i said to him i go man you are family to us and that's why i'm happy to tell you about family with all three of these guys Dave, i was out visiting friends in temecula the other day and we focus so much on the front yard we always talk about when you're driving down the street and how great you want your front yard to look i have a friend in temecula who has an absolutely gorgeous backyard. And think about, too, how often you go somewhere, and maybe it looks nice in the front, and then you get in the back, and you go, God, this is awful. It's those white gravel or just dirt. And, and this friend of mine said, that is my happy place. I go back there, I relax, uh, I do everything. And if you cannot say the same about your backyard, where you don't have your neighbors driving by or anybody else, then that's when you need to call Barkley. That's when you need to call Ryan and say, hey, man, look, let's work on my front yard, but the backyard where I put my grill or maybe you have a hot tub back there. You just want to play catch with your kids. You want to do it right. And, And the free estimate is so big because 35 years of experience gets you a lot for a guy to come back and say, look, we're going to work this within your budget and it's going to be something at the end of the day when you come home. We go, God, this is great. Find out what so many others have. Give Ryan a call.
1: 619-669-8000. 619-669-8000. Brian Curry, of <laughs> course. Yeah. <laughs> Brian is fantastic. I love the fact that that Ryan, Brian, Blake, all these guys are starting to connect with each other. I think it's great. They're all sharing customers. They're all talking to each other. Brian Curry, here is your guy selling real estate throughout San Diego County. Except one place. <laughs> According to Jeff, including IB. Nope. Where? Which place? He's out of IB. I've taken Brian Curry out of
2: IB because Esteban Loaiza from down there was busted with 20 kilos. We can't have that. IB, I'm sorry, okay? But somebody needed to
1: tell you the truth. Uh, I'm so frustrated by this. The one time I stood up for IB, it, it bit me right in the ass. Yeah,
2: Alan Denton, at KUSI and and Ross Becker, they're all lying to you. Not me, IB. You need to get it together. (laughs) And when you get it together, we'll have a welcome back to IB Brian Curry party. But right now, that's not going on, and you can blame Esteban Loaiza. So as long as you don't live in IB, pay attention to what Dave's saying.
1: Forty-four pounds of heroin and cocaine, right? At right? High and you School. want
2: me to send my friends? want to send your kids to Marvista High School? Yeah, you want me to send my friend <laughs> Ryan Barkley down there? I said no. Yeah, he said no. He, he I told him with no. You. And I, you want me to send Curry down? Del- There's absolutely no way we're doing that. We are looking out. I told every one of them. Those guys are family to me, and I look out for family. You push them right and get in there, get in there, and figure it out. Not me. I got your back, B.C.
1: <laughs> Brian Curry, full service broker with access to the best professionals in the mortgage business. Look, he's your guy. He's our guy, too. 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. I can't believe it, and, and I'm not making light of it. it. One of the hardest
2: things of this part is that I am about to go back from being a homeowner, which I have been for 10 years and I've loved it. For the time being temporarily, I'm going to just because things are up in the air, go back to paying rent. Yeah. And I I know it already. I hate it. Now it will work fine for my situation, but as quickly as this situation can get resolved where I can go with Brian and say, "Hey man, let's start looking at areas like El Centro and Hamul and some of the great places that Dave <laughs> wants me. No, bullshit. <laughs> Can't take Aloha Taylor back to El Centro. No,
1: she's not going to El Centro.
2: Not gonna, we're not gonna cook shark on the on the grill that Ryan Barkley put in. She's not going for that ride. Are you kidding me? You're gonna need chloroform. <laughs> I'm just ignoring that. That's how you go to jail, weirdo. Um yeah, it, David, it, it's gonna make me crazy every day. It's gonna make me crazy because sadly, part of this thing is the home. And look, I didn't I didn't look at that place. I loved it. I didn't look at that that it was going to be our home for 30 years, but there, I, I said it, and I was sincere when I told you. There is a great deal of pride in being a homeowner, and that's about to change for me. I'm going to be back. Dave's a homeowner. I'm going to have to go back to being somebody renting for the time being, but as quickly as I can make it happen. Yep. Uh, shit, man. My man Brian Curry is going to buff me out. I know he'll buff
1: you out, too. Again, Brian's number, 619-251-1588. And the guys over at Happy Plumbing, Blake doing a great job. Again, Happy Plumbing, the best way to get in touch with them is do it online. It's happyplumbing.com. Yep. Very simple to remember. I will give you the phone number, though. It's 619-433-4943, 619-433-4943. Upfront, flat rate pricing, never overtime charges, no travel That's charges. That's so big.
2: Big time. Hang on, don't skip That's over the that no overtime. That's the plumbers kill you every time. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. The overtime charges... They can go crazy and and dicking around on stuff like you that. You ever have
1: that guy who says, I'll be right back, and then he goes to the truck and comes out with this crazy-ass invoice because he yeah. puts in those overtime charges yes. and the travel charge?
2: Yes. And they're like, really?
1: The travel and, charge?
2: And where was that in the estimate? Yes. See, that's why when we talk about free estimates, going back to Barkley and free estimates with Happy Plumbing, they really are. You you may right now be listening going, oh, come on, I get it. Yeah, well, Wait. Wait till you have something go wrong. You're going to want this number, whether it's uh, coming out and having it. God, have you ever had a drain clogged? Have you ever had an issue with the main line? I mean, there there are things where you go, okay, well, we've got a disposal or we've got this. But when you have a legitimate issue, like a big problem that you can't fix or YouTube can't fix, like (laughs) figuring out how to get SoundCloud on, man, that's when you need Blake's number so he can come out and tell you, Look, here's what we're going to do. Here's when it's going to be done. And here's what it's going to cost you. No hidden bullshit. Yep. And you're going to say, okay. And you're going to know it's going to be done the right the first time.
1: Absolutely. Doing great things over there at Happy Plumbing. Now, look, they do have that special we talked about. $99 drain cleaning. Any drain. $99 will take care of it for you. The one that you don't want to touch yourself. And you're the one that put it in there. Yeah. They'll come into your house and they'll take care of it for you. Goddamn hedgehogs. <laughs> <laughs> need a blackwood. Damn it. Shedding all your
2: back hair, you sick people, making my friend Blake, going through crazy amount. Uh, Dave, I said it. When I buy my next house, yep. which apparently is going to happen sooner rather than later, I'm going to have all three of those guys. I'm going to have all three of those guys come out before I do anything. Uh, Curry's going to find it for me. Yep. Then I'm going to have Barkley look at and go, hey, man, this is what we can do to make it work. And I swear to God, I'm going to call Blake and be like, dude, can we can we just take an hour? And, and I don't know. I hope he would. But just to say, hey, check it, man. Check Guaranteed. the plumbing for me. I'll pay you what you need. But I want you to tell me, hey, the hot water is not going to be scalding hot or it's going to work. and And just check it out so that when you put the key in the door, you go, yeah, this place is great. But for all of you... That are currently there. I said the slab leak is still going on. It's still being dealt with at my house. There's no way it should have taken this long. If I if I knew Blake back in November when this issue uh, first happened, a I'd still be married. I'm just <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but at least my goddamn water heater wouldn't be in the middle
1: of the garage where it's been for three months. Absolutely. HappyPlumbing.com easiest way to get in touch with Blake and the guys over there. Schedule your free estimate today.
2: All right, this is the, the one final thing. I, I talked a little bit about it at the start and at the end too. Thank you again to everybody who has reached out. I'm not lying. It is as challenging and difficult a thing. Uh, we were pretty open about therapy. Thank you to my man, Stevie Woods, who reached out to me today. Said, so dude, you ever thought about therapy? I go, I'm fucking going tonight. He yeah. was like, awesome. But thank you to all of you that were like, I got your back. Dave, I know you feel the same way. They have felt the same way for you. But God bless my boy Leisure Fryer who said to me tonight and it struck me so funny. Um he's like, Me and Jeff are moving in together.
1: Yeah. When I read that, I was like, you know what? He might be the first guy we invite down for one of these shows if he'll stay I, awake. I, <laughs> I If he could stay up till right now, it's nine <laughs> nineteen at night. If it's not past his bedtime, well, I, he might be the first guy we invite down. I
2: swear to God, he's got the thickest skin of anybody. When he said today on Twitter, if I walked around and found you guys uh, listening to podcasts, I'd fire all of you. And then he's ending everything with this picture of a drum. So I said to him, is that the drum you played in the Revolution? And I put a picture up of Ben Franklin. And then everybody is just pounding him. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, he's like, hey, I just heard the podcast. It looks like, Jeff and I will be living together, <laughs> <laughs> and he puts up a picture of Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau yes. from the original Odd Couple movie. I have no idea which one of us is. I'm pretty clean, actually, as much of a train wreck as I am. <laughs> and uh, and then he has to. Poor guy's got to write 15 minutes later. None of you guys get the joke. I'm like, I got it. The guy who needed it got it. But uh, shit, man, I'm just telling you. In a time where you go, fuck, it sucks. It couldn't suck any more than it does. Uh the people that support this show uh and and reached out to me and to Dave and yep. everything, I just I sincerely can't thank you enough. It it meant the world to me and uh it made shit, Dave, I think it started with talking about it. Yeah. Because for the last whatever day when January first, you just feel like you just feel like shit. You just feel like you don't sleep anything else but just knowing that there are people that are cheering for you and supporting you uh I just I, I couldn't be more grateful and thank you f- for all of you
1: absolutely all right we'll be back with another podcast really soon if you want to follow Jeff on Twitter it's at Jeff dots follow me it's at Dave And if you want to become one of the advertisers very simple Dave palais at yahoo.com
2: unless you are the IB Chamber of Congress, <laughs> no wait we'll talk to you guys That's next dirty money <laughs> <laughs>
0: Look, all I wanna do is make the city proud, yeah Wishing all the OGs could see me, nah nah, yeah And when you feel something you can't see But you know it's meant to be You gon' realize that this is bigger than me, yeah Get it, get it, I pray that you get it even if I can't get it with you I pray to God you never let the little things in life distract you from the bigger picture Everybody in the city to me like a distant cousin, brother, little sister I see myself in the young ones, when I look in their eyes I feel like a mirror Carly on, all on my own, Cartier all on my arm All I hear is Cyrus and car alarms, niggas going to war with no armor on First time I seen a dead body, I was 14 and I felt the pressure. Like if I don't get it, I might end up next to him. I'ma take the dice and I'ma roll a seven. Bro. Seven, 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 eleven, it's nine-eleven getting caught around. The hood America's lost and found. Where niggas get lost and never found. All I ever wanted was to turn these G's and the M's and the Mercedes key. Got it and I still felt incomplete. That's when I realized this shit was bigger than me. Bigger than me. When the whole town on their feet and they all just waiting on you to speak That's when you realize that this is bigger than me All I want Feel it then I gotta get on the road I gotta be the one chose I gotta come back and tell the greatest story they never told This must be the feeling that you get when you know you close And you know it's a way in Even when the doors are closed And realize this shit is bigger than me, yeah. Bigger than me When the whole town on they feet And they all just waiting on you to speak That's when you realize that this is bigger than me all I wanna do is make the city proud. Yeah, wishing all she's gonna see me now, nah, now, nah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Even when you do stupid things that I have warned you about, (laughs) you must get that from your daddy. (laughs) I'm just kidding. You know I love you. You listening? Yeah, yeah, I'm listening. I love you too. In a way, I feel like I'm living through you. Sometimes it feels like I got another chance at everything. Damn, that's deep, you feel like that. I kind of feel the same way though sometimes.
3: Yeah.
0: With all the luck that's going on, I feel like this is like my second time doing this. I know that sounds crazy, but. You know, I just, I don't know why I always imagine myself as like someone who failed at everything he ever did in life, you know, and I got to the end of life and just regretted it all, and somehow this is my chance to go back and get it all right. And when I wake up with that mindset, you know, it completely changes my hunger, how I approach the whole day. And if you decide to live your life like that, then, man, I guarantee we'll live life to our best Best potential.
3: It's that simple. It's all.